This is a special feature from Overdrive. And now, here's our broadcast. Worst thing about my presentation right now is my watch broke. So you either have me for about two hours or you have me for about 15 minutes. It depends on the pace I'm willing to go, but sorry about your luck. Um, at this point, let's get right to it. Uh, I started off last year with a slide like this, and I'm going to start off this year with a slide like this. Every year, uh, Acu comes out with a, a top 10 issue. These are the issues that are affecting you. These are the issues that you deal with daily. These are the ones that you deem the most important. As you can see, out of service is still up there. Driver shortage is, is creeping up to the top spot. CSA is still up there. These are big things. But again, we ask this crowd, we ask, what has changed? What has changed? What is new on this list? These are issues. How long have we talked about hours of service? Keith, you mentioned this in your speech. And we've talked about this for years. Years. Driver shortage. I think everybody's had that question already today. Where are the drivers? Where are we finding drivers? Does anybody know where the drivers are? CSA, we talked about that at our officer's meeting. I'm certain it was at the first time orientation. Driver retention, ELDs. We will continue to talk about these things for years. It's to the point now where I still talk with people that have retired within the last year, and I say, if you guys want to come back, feel free to come back five years from now. We're going to be talking about the same things. We will be talking about out of service. We'll be talking about driver shortage. We'll be talking about CSA. Because we're going to be talking about things until we get it right. In fact, here's the last four years. Prior to the list I just showed, out of service still on this list, CSA still on this list. We are still talking about these things. What has changed? A couple things, move places, congestion's up there, fuel issues are up there, fuel have to be cheap right now. No truck parking's creeping up there, ELDs is on there, Transporta transportation funding's always going to be on there. Um, and until we get a highway bill where it's solved, it's going to continue to be on there. But nothing's changed. This is an industry that the same issues that happened yesterday are the same issues that are going on today and are the same issues that are going on tomorrow. So let's talk about this for a second. Out of service, it has appeared five times in the last five years. CSA, five times. Driver shortage, five times. ELD appeared three times, five in general. And I say in general because they talked technology previously. Highway funding, truck parking. This has raised its ugly head in the last three years. This will continue to be an issue and will be an issue even more so. But here's the biggest question. What have you done? What have we all done? What have we done to affect change? What have we done to take things off of this list? What have we done to focus on new issues that are affecting this industry? He spoke about this is the most regulated, deregulated industry there ever was. What have we done to change this list? Where are we going from here? What can we do? What can you all do to change this list? Let's talk about this for a second. Okay, what have we done to affect change? Let's look at out of service. Okay, are we affecting change? They came out with a rule that basically made sense. Y'all talked, you spoke to the tune of 28,000 comments filed on our service. 28,000. That's war and peace. That's a novel. I mean, 28,000 comments were filed on our service, basically highlighting what the agency did wrong when they developed this rule. You stood up because you knew it was the wrong rule. You knew you could operate in a better, more safer environment. And you filed comments saying so. You filed comments to the tune of over 28,000. In regulatory speak, that is a monster load of comments. And they have to read every single one of them. Not only did you file comments, we had countless hours of congressional interaction. Countless hours. Mr. Tuttle's met with his congressman. I've sat down with congressman. I'm 
sure several people in the room have sat down. We talked to Irish service and how that those rules didn't make sense. We talked about a restart provision. It didn't make sense. Finally, what happened? They suspended the restart. We spoke and they actually listened. Surprise, surprise. We spoke to the tune of 28,000 comments. We had several countless meetings with Congress and they suspended the restart. They listened because we were a force. We are an industry with a force. We are an industry with a voice. He spoke about putting things on heavy freight trains. Heavy freight trains don't stop at grocery stores. Heavy freight trains don't stop at malls. They stop at a train station. And there's not a person in this room that goes to the train station by rail. So we spoke. We have a very powerful voice. We spoke and they listened. Here we are. We got the Consolidated and Further Continuing Appropriations Act of 2015, which suspended certain hours of service rules for one year. But let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about how long it's suspended. Let's talk about how long the party's been. Okay? Because everybody's sitting there saying, woohoo, yay. We don't have a restart. We we're going back to the old restart. We don't have to do that once every 168 hours. So everybody's talking about that. Has the party been long enough? Okay? I mentioned on the bottom of the slide, hours of service magic number is 106. Does anybody know what 106 is? That was the number of drivers that were studying to get us to a rule that didn't make sense. Can anybody tell me what www.restartstudy.com is? Does anybody know? Show hands. Ten people? Ten people in the room? Okay. We're at this party celebrating the fact that we don't have a restart provision. But yet, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is launching and has launched a study that needs drivers desperately. They need drivers to study to develop a new rule. They need drivers to study to develop a rule that makes sense. There's a website, restartstudy.com. It highlights what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and what they hope to benefit from. We argue the fact that 106 drivers was not enough drivers to make a rule, but here we have roughly 10 people in the room that know what this website is. We spoke to the tune of 28,000 comments filed, and we have 10 people in this room of 120 that don't know what that know what this website is. Let's look at the driver shortage. There are two driver shortage magic numbers. In fact, the most common question probably asked today. Everybody in the room has probably heard at least once in the last week, where are all the drivers? I hear that. I hear it probably on a weekly basis. My phone rings, somebody goes, where's the drivers? And I ask them, I hope you know, because if I wouldn't be working here if you did. Point is, the shortage is not going to go away soon. Magic number, 200,000. That's the predicted number it's going to be by 2020. Five years. We're going to be short at least 200,000 drivers. And that's a conservative number. John Smith said, he's seen the number. He thinks it's going to grow. Or is it going to shrink? I'm still laughing at the fact that we're going to pay drivers $1.57 an hour. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, which is what they paid before. Point of the matter is 200,000 drivers by 2020. What's this magic number, 40,000? Did you know every month, 40,000 new records are created in Sidless? Every month, 40,000 new records. Every month, somebody says, I want to get my CDL. 
and goes and files for the proper permitting, at that point opens the record to the commercial driver information system. $40,000 a month. At $40,000 a month, do you think we should have a driver shortage? Somewhere between that time they filed that paperwork to getting their CDL to go into actually work as a driver, they get this idea that I don't want to do this anymore. Why is that? $40,000 every month, that's doing the math here. 12 months a year, $480,000. At 480,000 records in SIDLIS every year, and eventually these people just go away. What's stopping them to do that? What's telling them, I don't want to do this anymore? What's stopping them from getting their CDL? This is just filing paperwork to get a permit. They have an idea in their heads that I want to become a truck driver. And at some point between that 40,000, we're facing a 200,000 driver shortage. Is it image? Is it lifestyle? We don't know, but at the same point, that becomes a big issue. It becomes a question that we're dealing with. 40,000 people a month in this country have expressed an idea that they want to drive a truck. Somewhere after that, they decide they don't want to do it. Which brings us to entry level driver training. The LTAC, Keith mentioned that earlier. Two things you never want to see made, laws and sausages. They're ugly every way you look at them. Sausages, you never want to know what's in them, and laws, God, you don't want to be in a room to talk about. At the same point, here we are, we're looking to go down the road and develop regulations and rules pertaining to entry level driver training. We're looking to figure out a way to get 200,000 people training. Training in rule, rules and regulations on how to operate a commercial motor vehicle to include the high wheel time. We're taking part in this discussion. PTDI is there, ATA is there, crash is there, advocates is there. There are 26 total people in the room. And surprisingly, we all get along at this point. Because there have been times they have in the past, but we all have been cordial, it's been great. But eventually, we're going to get to the big issue. We're going to get to competency, and we're going to get to hour based training, which is the most important issue of how to properly train these drivers. That issue probably come up in two weeks. But it's an issue that continues to come up. Certification questions. Self-certification, probably the best way to go. Look at the nightmare CSA has because they don't have enough people to oversee this. And they want to put more people to try to oversee the entry level driver training. Just a logistical impossibility. Self-certification at this point has got to be the only way to go. And I think the agency is listening enough. I say I think, I don't know for sure, but I would hope they would. Um, younger drivers. A monumental question was asked when developing this rule. This is a rule that will pertain to both intra and interstate drivers. And we all know you have to be 18 to drive interstate. You have to be over 21 to drive interstate. I had asked the question, are you telling me that for the purposes of this rule, we're not distinguishing between the two? They said, no, sir, we are not. Entry-level driver training, the rule that they're developing right now, will pertain to both interstate drivers and intrastate drivers. Therefore, they're treating 18-year-old drivers the same as 21-year-old drivers. People have crashed when I have a huge issue with that if that goes down that road. But at the same time, they're looking at it. They recognize that there's a problem. They recognize there's a driver shortage. They want to know where they're coming from. They're looking at 18-year-old drivers. They have to. We need drivers. People are parking trucks because they don't have drivers to put in the seat. Not because they're not afraid. They don't have drivers. Brings us to CSA. Mr. Tuttle talked about this earlier. We talked about it earlier in our officer's meeting. It will continue to be talked about throughout this meeting. And at the same time, January 2015, FMCSA concluded to not factor crash accountability into CSA. Why? It's too difficult. It's too complicated. 
It's too costly. I'm going to tell Keith Tuttle that when he calls me and asks me to do something. I'm going to say, no, Keith, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's too difficult, it's too complicated, it's too costly. Keith Tuttle's going to look at me and say, give me your keys to the office, turn in your passwords, because you no longer work for the Charcoal Carriers Association. And I think that can be said at the same, same point for everybody in this room. Without a doubt. But the agency's doing it. They're getting away with saying it's too difficult to account for crash accountability. It's too complicated. We can't figure this out. And frankly, they cost too much money. We all know paints an inaccurate picture, the rankings of public, the bias reports, the ruining reputation. But here's the even funnier part. The Government Accountability Office agrees and says FMCSA lacks sufficient safety performance. They're actually going against their own agency. Information reliably compare them with other carriers. It creates the likelihood that many SMS scores do not represent an accurate or precise safety assessment for a carrier. This is not news. We've all said this. We all know this. This is not news. But here's the GAO saying the same thing in the study where the agency says, I'm sorry. Cost too much. We're not going to do it. We don't have that kind of time. I dare somebody to go home and tell their boss that. If you're going to call your friends looking for a job or developing your resume. It just doesn't float. It doesn't hold water. We should expect more from our people. We should expect them to figure this out. This is their program. They wrote it, but they're not. Which brings us to the Safer Trucks and Buses Act, H.R. 1371, referred to committee. Um, this basically temporarily halts the publication of flawed safety scores. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about flawed safety scores. And where is it? It's stuck in committee. Most likely, probably, if it ever finds its way anywhere, it'll be in a highway bill that won't come for a while, to say the least. But the, the list is long for those who support it. We're talking GAO, TCA, ATA, OIDA, CDSA. The people who enforce CSA are actually endorsing this, this rule to remove it, to remove the scores. This is a rule that makes this a law that makes sense, but it's stuck in committee. That we hope at some point we'll get put in a highway bill that someday may come when they figure out how to fix our highways. Again, we're dealing with CSA. On the regulatory agenda, they're talking about a safety fitness determination that they know won't paint an accurate picture. Determines whether or not a carrier is fit to operate based on basic scores that are inaccurate in an investigation or a combination of ongoing safety data in an investigation performance. Who wants to be rated on data that's not correct? Anyone? No one's rated on that one. Nope. So at that point, basically they're going to come out with an SSB at some point this year, 2015, that does it. This gets back to that 28,000 comments we're talking about. Five. 